Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. As we look back at the year 1982, the decade is beginning to hum along. The 1980s, as we know them, are slowly taking shape, but they still have some remnants of the 1970s. That's the thing with the start of a new decade. It's as much about the previous one as it is the start of a new one. So today we are looking at a lot of the pop culture significant moments from the year 1982. The movies, the TV shows, technology, video games, all that sort of stuff. So before we start, if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. I should be there. Okay, here we go. This is what I mean about the start of a decade being as much of a carryover from the previous decade, especially like, think of the early 90s. That has a definitive feel and look and tone, but that's because it's a carryover from the 80s. The colors, the styles, the attitudes, they still remain. It takes a while for a new decade to find its footing, but 1982 is slowly starting to show the signs of what would make the 80s so definitive. So if you haven't already, I've done a review of the year 1980 and 1981, and these shows will be sporadically placed throughout other episodes instead of doing one big series. So there is a lot of that, you know, turmoil that's carried over from the 70s, but these are more, like I said, the notable moments as related to pop culture. But we can't obviously cover everything. And in 1982, a lot happened. But here's a quick recap of some of the more notable world events that happened this year. 1982 was the start of the Falkland Islands War. The, we look into some other entertainment stuff that I wasn't going to cover. The Tony Award that year for Best Play went to the life and adventures of Nicholas Nickleby. The cost of a gallon of gas in 1982 was 91 cents. A loaf of bread cost 50 cents and the average monthly rent was $320. This was the year AT&T was forced to break up after having a monopoly for so long. Here in Canada, we signed the proclamation of the Constitution Act to have full sovereignty and independence from Britain. Also, 1982 was the very first issue of USA Today, and 1982 was the year that Disney opened Epcot. Let's start and look at the notable movies from 1982. So we're slowly entering the era of the blockbuster. 1980 itself, the year 1980, was a monumental year as it gave us both The Shining and The Empire Strikes Back. But 1982 has some astounding movies, some of the best of all time. But amongst all those greats, one film really stands out. 
wasn't the first blockbuster. That honor goes to Jaws and then Star Wars, but it really was the next big thing. The thing with E.T. is it appealed to everyone. Jaws wasn't for kids, Star Wars was more for kids, but E.T. was for everyone combined. It's also a simple tale. The premise of E.T. is all about the fear of separation and has its roots in the divorce of Steven Spielberg's parents. But ultimately, the theme is that you will always be okay. And E.T. became a box office juggernaut. Jaws was the highest grossing film of all time, but only for a few years until Star Wars took hold. It held the title for only another few years until E.T. took over. And then E.T. held it for nearly a decade. It wouldn't be until another Spielberg entry, Jurassic Park, that E.T. would be dethroned as the all-time box office champ. So that's the big one. But let's look at a few more notable movies from 1982. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the ten house gate. All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears. To me, the more time passes, the more astonishing Blade Runner becomes. To think that this movie was made back as far as 1982 boggles the mind. I own it on Blu-ray, and it looks like it was made five years ago. There's barely anything that dates this movie. Made by the great Ridley Scott, Blade Runner is set in a dystopian future and influenced a generation of filmmakers. Not only the tone and themes of the movie, but the look of it too has also become a major influence for many directors. Like many other classics, Blade Runner didn't do great when it was first released. Even though it starred this super hot Harrison Ford fresh off The Empire Strikes Back and Indiana Jones, it had a hard time connecting with audiences. It would find its audience on the emerging home video market and soon become a cult classic. If you haven't seen Blade Runner in a while, definitely go and watch it again. And I can see the little barrier to entry with this because there are various cuts of the movie. There's the final cut. There's the director's cut. There's a theatrical cut. Uh, I like the final cut. I think that sort of sums it all up the best. Fun fact in Blade Runner, you know, near well, hopefully you've seen this movie. Uh, you know, in the end, there's some scenes of sort of flyover nature scenes and hillsides and mountains and that. That was all actually taken from uh, unused footage from The Shining. So fun fact there. So, of course, it wasn't all Blade Runner and E.T. Here are some other notable movies from 1982 and amazing ones here. Tron, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, The Thing, Rocky Three. The Great Muppet Caper, one of my all-time favorites. Poltergeist, The Dark Crystal. Tootsie came out that year. Also, Grease 2, one of the worst sequels of all time. So just amazing stuff in such a wide range between science fiction and action and horror and comedy and it is, and family. It, it really is one of the best years. And I did an episode a while back, if you want to go check it out. It's about where I rank the best summers for movies in the 80s. And 1982 is like way up there in the top of the list. That's how good this year was. So if we look at that year's Oscar, it was all about one movie 
on Golden Pond. Here are a few of the top winners. So best picture was actually Chariots of Fire. The best actor was Henry Fonda for On Golden Pond. Best actress was Catherine Hepburn for On Golden Pond. Best director was Warren Beatty for Reds. And no, I've never heard of that movie either. Let's look at the best music of 1982. And this year is about one thing and one thing only, Thriller. Arguably the greatest album in human history was released during this year. So this is what I mean. 1982 is kind of a underspoken all-time best year for the 80s. We, we often think of, you know, the later years, but a lot of amazing stuff happened in this year. Thriller, of course, changed the landscape of music forever. It's astonishing to look back on how incredible this album is. And I understand anything to do with Michael Jackson has become more problematic now, but this album is as much about the brilliance of Quincy Jones as it is about the incredible talent of Michael Jackson. So this album just astonished everyone. If you haven't listened to it in a while, go check this thing out. Not only is it monumental, but it's also just the ordering of the tracks that come at you with this relentlessness of iconicness. Look at here. I'll break it down here. There's only nine songs on this album. Here we go. First track, Want to Be Starting Something. Two, Baby Be Mine. Three, The Girl Is Mine. Four, Thriller. Five, Beat It. Six, Billie Jean, seven, Human Nature, eight, Pretty Young Thing, nine, The Lady in My Life. The fourth, fifth, and sixth track ordering left people speechless. That's, of course, Thriller, Beat It, and Billie Jean. And the album pushed the boundaries of what music and music production could be. Not only that, Thriller, the song, and the subsequent video also pushed the boundaries of what music and entertainment could be. The Thriller video helped push the newly launched MTV to another level. And I've covered a lot about MTV on earlier episodes if you want to go back and check that out. So everything else that came out in 1982 was playing serious second fiddle to Thriller. But there were, of course, a lot of standout albums and hits. There's still a wide range of genres, and the sound of the 80s isn't really established yet. The number one song of the year was... Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. That was followed by Down Under by Men at Work, and then I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett. The single that spent the most weeks at number one was Come On Eileen by Dexie's Midnight Runners. You haven't heard the last of them. Here are the top-selling albums from 1982. So here's the thing. Thriller didn't come out until late in 1982. Fun fact, the Thriller video came out after Halloween in 1982. It was the next year it would sort of take over Halloween as the new anthem. So these were the albums that were the actual best sellers for most of the year. We've got uh, one, two, three, about nine here. We've got, so for those about to rock, we salute you, ACDC, Four by Foreigner, Freeze Frame, the Jay Giles Band. I don't remember them at all. Beauty and the Beat by the Go-Go's, Asia by Asia, Tug of War, Paul McCartney, Mirage, Fleetwood Mac, American Fool, John Cougar, and Business as Usual, Men at Work. So see, such a real wide variety of music there in the top. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Okay, let's move into the video games and technology of 1982. Home video games, for the time being, are really, you know, near their peak. Atari is still ruling the roost. Spoiler alert, this would not last long. And arcade games are still a powerful form of entertainment. But at this point, most people had an Atari in their home. 1982 gave us some of the best video games of all time. And if you're a fan of Ready Player One, there's some really significant ones that that whole book was sort of based with. So some of the top games that year include the music we just played from Pitfall, Donkey Kong Jr., Joust, Dig Dug, Pole Position, and Jungle Hunt. Amazing stuff. And then there was the next great video game character after Pac-Man, Qbert. Qbert was great because it was part action game and part puzzle. The other astonishing thing was this game appeared to be in 3D. It was, of course, just a 2D game, but the use of isometric graphics gave it that three-dimensional look. This was a big deal for me and my friends personally in 1982. It was an enormous hit in the arcades and is a big part of the golden age of arcade games. Qbert is also unique as it was one of the few games praised both critically while still being a commercial success. So the video game industry was on top of the world in 1982, but oh, how things would come crashing down just a year later. If you know your video game history and if you spend any time around this podcast, you know exactly where this is going when I cover the year 1983. So speaking of technology, let's look at another monumental invention and release that came out this year. And what you've just been listening to is the ultimate in recorded sound. It will make all conventional disc and cassette systems obsolete. It's dustproof, scratchproof, digitally recorded, read by a laser, and it's called the compact disc. And that's it. The biggest revolution in the recording industry since the invention of the long-playing gramophone record. But this is no ordinary disc. Just 12 centimeters in diameter, the music is recorded onto it digitally, and there's no needle being dragged through a groove. That information is being read by a laser light. This is another creation whose origins go back further than you may realize. The compact discs seem like some form of sorcery. How could you play music with a laser? We only had records, tapes, and eight tracks that all used a physical format to be played. The CD seemed like something out of Star Wars. The interesting thing was the Laserdisc had already been around since 1978, but just hadn't caught on as a mainstream device. Sony was the pioneer for the first commercial CD player, and they launched it with this futuristic um, commercial that involved a robot. You can look it up on YouTube. It's really cool. 
And it's just, you know, it plays into this idea of, you know, futurism and lasers, and that's where our technology was heading. But like any new technology, these things were not cheap at first. A CD player in 1982 would set you you back a cool grand. Convert that for today, it's getting close to $3,000. The other issue was that a CD cost twice as much as a record. Fun fact, the very first CD released, like commercial CD, was 52nd Street by Billy Joel. There's your next dinner party conversation trivia. So let's shift gears and look at some of the important TV shows of 1982. And of course, I'll say this with every year in these reviews, TV is still the pinnacle of entertainment in the 80s. It it was for the entire decade. We're still at the point where there were only three networks and TV shows were treated like major events. You dare not miss a major TV moment because there was no chance to watch it back. The VCR was available, but was incredibly expensive. And most homes didn't have one. Again, when we're talking conversion for today, we're getting into that three to $5,000 range. Basically, if you missed a big TV show, you were pretty much screwed the next day when everyone was talking about it. Again, I don't know how old you are listening to this show, but um, you, you may or may not know the panic of being in the bathroom or getting something in the kitchen when one of your siblings screams it's back on. Like when the shows come back on and you hurdle the couch or table to get back in the room. This is how we consumed our entertainment. 1982 is also significant as some of the biggest shows of the decade and of all time debuted this year. Here's a few of the standouts. Cheers, New Heart, Family Ties, Knight Rider, Silver Spoons, St. Elsewhere, TJ Hooker, and Late Night with David Letterman. Monumental stuff in one year. Let's take a look at the top 10 highest rated shows of 1982. As it is with most years, the number one show was 60 Minutes. It had a 25.5 rating share, which is astronomical when you compare it to today. Number two, Dallas, still going strong with a 24.6 rating. Uh, Number three is a tie between MASH and Magnum PI with a 22.6 rating. Remember, the, the very highest shows today will maybe get like a 10 or 10 to 12 rating share. Number five, Dynasty, 22.4. Number six, Three's Company, 21.2. Seven, Simon and Simon, 21 even. Eight, Falcon Crest, 20.7 rating share. Nine, The Love Boat, with a 20.3 share. And at number 10, a tie between the A-team and Monday Night Football, with 20.1 rating share. The last section I want to look at here is the major sporting events of 1982. So the big event of 82 was the World Cup. It was held in Spain where Italy would beat what was then West Germany 3-1 to secure their third world title. So to me, looking back on all this, 1982 seemed to be the year all about tennis. This was the heart of the Martina Navratilova Chris Everett rivalry. They dominated the tennis world, and they each won two Grand Slams that year. This was also the year that another dominant female tennis player would debut, Steffi Graf. The other notable tennis moment and sporting moment was the retirement of Bjorn Borg. And this came out of nowhere, and at only the, at the age of just 26, the tennis great hung them up. And here's what's crazy. 
he had already won 11 grand slams just at 26. There's no doubt that if he had kept going, he would have set a record that might be unbeatable as far as grand slams if if he kept his consistency and whatnot. But 26, like that's nothing. If he even played another five years after that, how many more grand slams he would have won? Here are a few more interesting sporting highlights. Craig Statler, the golfer, won the Masters. And this is interesting here. Statler was the tour money leader that year with $440,000 won through all the tournaments, all the money. He was number one. That amount of money is what fifth place at the Masters now pays out. The money that is now in golf is astronomical. Tom Watson won the U.S. Open and the British Open. At Wimbledon, it was Jimmy Connors and Martina Navratilova. Cal Ripken plays his very first game of what would be a record-breaking game streak. The Commonwealth Games were held in Brisbane, Australia. The Clemson Tigers were the NCAA football champions. Uh, Larry Holmes defeats Jerry Cooney to win the WBC Heavyweight Championship. And Bernard Hinault wins the Tour de France. And looking at the winners of the big four North American sports, the World Series was won by the St. Louis Cardinals. The NBA Championship was won by the LA Lakers. In the NHL, the New York Islanders are still going strong. They win the Stanley Cup. And the Super Bowl is won by the San Francisco 49ers in that golden era of San Francisco football. So let's start winding it down here. And, you know, like I said, this is a brief overview of the year, and it's hard to cover 365 days in a short little podcast such as this. But this is just looking at, you know, some of the highlights as far as it comes to pop culture. And, you know, looking at it now, it was actually a pretty good year, you know, especially with all these things like the music and the TV shows and the movies. There's some amazing stuff. This year gave us some of the most iconic entertainment of all time, not just the decade, but ever. I feel in 1982, we finally dusted off a lot of that 70s hangover that was infiltrating the decade. The tone was starting to be set. And 1982 was an exceptional year to introduce us to so many of the things that we love about the 80s. So let's finish it there. Hope you enjoyed these little trips down the yearly memory lane. And like I said, I sort of spread these out here and there instead of just releasing them all as one long series. So the year uh, review of 1983 will be out who knows when. I just kind of want to drop them in here, there. So I just want to finish. And if you're in a position to do so, just tell you about supporting uh, small independent shows like this through patreon.com. So that's the platform where for small monthly donations, basically, as low as like two bucks a month, you get to support these small shows. But the difference is you get different audio rewards for doing so. So there's various tiers, and at each tier comes different rewards. So like at the top tier, you get, you know, shout outs and bios on this uh, podcast where, you know, I go through people's favorite things of the 80s. The middle tier, the Boba Fett tier, gives you access to the Everything 80s Movie Club. So that's where I do movie reviews just on patreon.com. So we've done a bunch of different ones there. Everything from like Little Shop of Horrors, we just did A Nightmare on Elm Street. There's a bunch of stuff there. So if you're interested in supporting a show like this, um, you can go to patreon.com slash 80s to just get more info and see everything that's going on over there. So that's uh, patreon.com slash 80s, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com 
slash 80s. But wherever you're listening to this on, whatever podcast app, if you go you know, into the details of the show, the show notes, you'll see a link that'll take you right there. But that's it for me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. I will be back soon with a new episode. Don't you dare miss it.